Either you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, or you're nobody. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. It's time to just look under the hood. No stone should be unturned. I don't even know what that means. Look under I got an engine underneath my hood. Most important thing in business is honesty. Integrity, hard work. Family. Never forgetting where we came from. Hey, pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Welcome to the Under the Hood broadcast with Jonathan Hood. Welcome to the Under the Hood Podcast with me, Jonathan Hood, as we do our WrestleMania 34 preview. It'll take place in New Orleans, Louisiana, and looking forward to having two terrific guests on today. One of them is good old J.R. Jim Ross, the WWE and NWA Hall of Famer, also a voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and really friend of the program. We'll get a chance to talk to Jim and get his thoughts uh, about WrestleMania 34 coming up in a little bit. Also, we will hear... From Dave LaGreca, also a friend of the program. He hosts a program called Busted Open Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM Rush. He has, does a great job Monday through Friday. He does a five-day-a-week wrestling show on Sirius XM, and he does a terrific job. He has Jonathan Coachman as one of his co-hosts. He has Mark Henry as one of his co-hosts, and also Bully Ray is one of his co-hosts as well. So they... Have a really good ch- time on that particular show. Bully Ray and Mark Henry, by the way, both going into the WWE Hall of Fame in New Orleans coming up for the 2018 class, so it's pretty cool. Before we hear from JR and from LaGreca, I want to tell you thank you for listening in to our podcast. I took a look at the numbers over the last um, couple of weeks, and it is amazing the reach that we've had with this podcast. Not only in the United States, we have listeners in Canada, in the United Kingdom, uh, in Ireland, in Germany, Australia, Mexico. It's amazing the reach that this podcast has had and so many different cities across the United States as well. So wherever you're listening, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We're pretty new. We started off in January. We've had two, not just one, two of the original Kings of Comedy, D.L. Hughley and Cedric the Entertainer on the show. Uh, pro wrestler D'Lo Brown, Leon Rogers, who is a comedian as well, but also part of WGCI Radio in Chicago. Jim Ross has been on the program. That was a special from our radio show. Uh, Nick Friedel, Scoop Jackson, Chet Kopic, a, a really the godfather of the sports radio format in Chicago. So all of those guests have been on. And as I said for our first podcast, this is really going to be a podcast with friends that I know and people that I've never spoken to before and having long forum conversations and that's why i want to do this podcast as i mentioned we're going to try to do this every other week so i didn't want to just lock into doing a podcast every week because i know that my schedule is crazy and there's a lot of things that i'm doing right now working with the uic flames doing the basketball and baseball now for the uic flames university of illinois chicago um working with sirius xm nba radio hosting shows there 
doing a national broadcast with uh, Jeff Dickerson on Dickerson and Hood. It's our show on the weekends on the ESPN Radio national format. And, of course, my a local show in Chicago on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. So there's a lot of things that I, I've got going on. But I want to at least take time to be able to give you something a little bit different uh, than what you're normally listening to when you hear my shows. And so it's a little sports, a little entertainment, it's a little comedy. But uh, I think that we've had a good time with this podcast and we'll continue to have it rolling. I know that some people that are listening to me for the first time did not know that I was a wrestling fan. It goes back to 1977 when I went to the International Amphitheater with my grandfather. He would take me, and he really got me hooked in. Him and his friends loved wrestling, watching Bob Luce wrestling, all-star wrestling from uh, the International Amphitheater in 77 and watching the Vern Gagne wrestling, the American Wrestling Association, uh, during those times in Chicago, Milwaukee. You know, Vern had terrific reach with his company, uh, for a long, long time before he was shut down. But, um, yeah, I, I got into wrestling because of that. And I had a wrestling show called WrestleManiacs during the Monday Night Wars era when WCW took on the WWF slash E. And I had a wrestling show during that time for about three or four years. And a lot of you will not allow me to forget that because this is why we're doing a wrestling podcast here is because some of you are listening to me because of that WrestleManiac show I did years ago and the wrestling segments that I've done over the years. So this is why I'm doing this podcast in particular. So uh, we're going to do a preview. Hopefully we'll do a, a post and kind of review WrestleMania as well, but looking forward to hearing from Dave LaGreca as well as uh, Jim Ross on the Under the Hood Podcast. This is the Under the Hood Podcast with me, Jonathan Hood, as we can't wait for WrestleMania taking place in New Orleans on Sunday. We turn now to the WWE and NWA Hall of Famer, voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV on Friday nights is good old JR Jim Ross, and he joins me, Jonathan Hood, on the Under the Hood Podcast. JR, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, John. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You know Chicago loves you. That's why we had to call you. I mean, I mean, you might as well just, I don't know why you don't have a crib here. I don't know why you just don't just spend more time here because you know how much this city really appreciates you. You're right about the city loves me, and I love it back. I may have to uh, try to carve out a deal with uh, Coach Stoops. I think he's got two places now in, in uh, Chicago. Uh, he stays in one every now and then, and he, I think he rents one out. I'm not real sure about that, but I need to I need to check him. He's a big uh, He's big on the Chicago real estate. He loves it, and there's there's a good reason. It's just a great city, man. You, you know. Yeah. It, it's awesome. I want to I'll talk to you about your new podcast. Last time we spoke, it was during the uh, Raw 25th anniversary, and now a new podcast is coming. Where can we find the new podcast? Well, I, signed a, uh, an, I signed a deal to work with uh, Westwood One, and uh, they're owned by Cumulus. So uh, the... the uh, the upshot of it uh, is the fact that we have a over 450 radio stations that can that can and, and likely a lot of them will promote our podcast on Westwood One, and uh, it starts on uh, it drops on April the 11th. That's next week after I get back from uh, all the activities. I'm going down Wednesday, so I'm not going to miss anything. So my first podcast on the new new mothership, as Dusty would say. Mm -hmm. is going to be uh, on April the 11th on uh, Westwood One. I'm really happy about that because 
there's a chance there's a football component in there somewhere. And we haven't identified it totally, but we've had discussions about it. And they know my interest in the game. So we'll see what, how that works out. My only deal is, A, I'm ex- inexperienced in some of that stuff, and, B, I can't miss an OU game. So that, that might be a little, I'm be a little chink in the armor there. I um, Well, one thing we do know, especially with me being in the radio business over 25 years, is that Westwood One has that play-by-play component to it. And as you've always said, just give me a monitor, I can call it. Just put a monitor in front of me, I'll call whatever you want. So could, can you tell us that there's going to be more with Westwood One that you'll work with beside the podcast? Well, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're talking about that, <clears throat> okay, Jonathan. Excuse me. Uh, it's on the table, and there's a lot of things on the table. Uh, you know, I, we're talking several uh, things that I'm interested in doing. I'd like to do a live monthly call-in show mm-hmm. on uh, it was some well, obviously using their platform and do it live and do it from LA and and uh, you know line up some some cool people to be in the studio with me and take calls and really have a a legitimate real radio program about the crazy genre of that I've been involved in for the last forty plus years so. There's, 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 we're talking about a lot of ideas, but you know, it's uh, I, that's, but that's the one of the reasons that I signed with Westwood One is the additional opportunities beyond uh, the podcast. But we plan on making the podcast. So it's going to sound different. It's going to feel different, and uh, I think it's, it should be a, a fun uh, reconnect for all those folks that you know. I did two hundred and something shows at Podcast One, mm-hmm. so I got a lot of content. I own all that content. All those interviews are mine. Uh, and we're looking at ways to repurpose that because uh, a lot of people didn't get into the podcast thing. Look, you're you're exploring it. You've been doing radio for 25 years, but you haven't been doing podcasts for 25 years. No, because it's a, it's a relatively new deal. So we're all learning about it, and uh, so I'm excited about the the chance to grow my brand on a on a real solid uh, uh, company like Westwood One and Cumulus. Now, one thing I did not see in the release is that. Yeah, you might be signed, but is is my favorites Larry Z coming along? Will Gordon be there? Will Terry Funk yeah. also They're be part of that project? They all got an invite. They've all accepted. <laughs> Mr. Barnett will be there. Okay. You know, uh, the whole crew. Dusty, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Ernie Ladd. Yes. A lot of my my friends that generally say one sentence and they're done but nonetheless they make an appearance from time to time so we're gonna have fun with it you know i want to be more, a little bit more opinionated uh i got some really cool features we think are going to let us tie a lot of things in and uh so i'm i'm, I'm really excited about being able to i'm sitting down with a, with a clean sheet of paper and we i've, I've written a show and I, we've written features and i think that we're uh we're on to something so you know proof will be in the pudding my friend Okay, well, we're definitely looking forward to it because there's a lot of fans of the Ross Report that look forward to jumping on uh, with Westwood One for your new podcast venture. Uh, I saw the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Style uh, show on Access TV from Long Beach. You know what it reminded me, Jim? When, when I saw when I saw that broadcast, it reminded me of when the UWF first went um, national because uh-huh. of the lighting, because of the, the fans and how they were on the edge of their seat. You could hear how vociferous the fans were, the lighting. We could see that light uh, in the background. It reminded me of that first couple of broadcasts from the UWF when um, 
when Watts went uh, national. What did you think of the overall broadcast and feel? Oh, I liked it. I, you know, the uh, I like the brand a lot. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the New Japan brand. You know, when I got in the business in 74, they had only been alive for two years. And a lot of the guys that worked for Cowboy Bill Watts and Leroy McGurk in that era, were uh, they made trips over there. That was a good way to supplement one's income was to have your tours of Japan. And New Japan was kind of the new kid on the block. And uh, so, you know, a little bit more contemporary in the eyes of some. But in any event, it's, I've always enjoyed the brand. And the only, the only you know, it, it seems like when we, we ask you how I like the show, I liked it a lot. But I'm a creature of our media habits these days. And now I'm, I'm about to tell you what I didn't like. Uh, and I don't even know why we do that. You didn't ask me that question. No. What did you not like, Jr.? Well, I liked everything, but I thought it was a little too long. And when you're 66 years old and you're cognizant of that length and you wear darks just in case, uh, you know, it's on your mind. So yes. for, we were out there almost five hours. And that's, that's a long time for, to, to battle uh, Uncle, you know, Mother Nature here. Right. So, but I enjoyed the show. The, I'm really impressed. I was really impressed with the, uh, the main event, the tag team main event. And tag teams, I thought there might have been too many tag team matches. Just me. Uh, and it seems like we're going through a trend right now of multiple person matches. WrestleMania is a good testament of that. Uh, and if you like those, then you're in hog heaven. Uh, but I thought the main event closed the show when the audience was absolutely exhausted. They got something out of the audience, did uh, uh, Omega and Ibushi and, and, the, and the Bucks. So I thought that they should be commended for following everything and following a long show. I, had a buddy, I, got, I, I was supposed to give a buddy of mine tickets last year, and I forgot. And uh, uh, so I made it up to him. They started giving him a couple of tickets, which is damn hard to come by. No, no, no joke. No joke at all. Uh, and so... I said, after the show I saw, I said, hey, how many times you go to the bathroom tonight? He said, about five. Oh. He said, you? I said, none. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, a, it was a fun show. You know, I like working with Josh Barnett. He's really good at that culture, and uh, he's a great submission analyst. He's a great catch-as-catch-can guy. He understands the game, and he's been around some of the greats, you know, Billy Robinson and all those, those guys. So I, I learned from Josh. I, you know, we're never too old to learn. So, uh, but I liked it. I just I thought it was a little bit long, and and uh, uh, I got uh, some uh, what I, I felt was the criticism I got from my work was not unfair because it's just somebody's opinion, mm-hmm. and I respect others' opinions. I didn't like the the additional the additional piling on of telling me, you know, well, it, you know, maybe you'll have another stroke or uh, oh. something ridiculous like that. And then I had some people throw some things at me on Twitter that I didn't even need to see that, you know, uh, just was not good. So it, it kind of put a damper on it for me. But I realized, Jonathan, those those guys, a lot of those guys that are going that far, that deep, that personal, really apparently don't have a life. So I should feel more sorry for them and, and hope they get more blessings in their life than wanting to, you know, you know piss on their grave. I agree. Um, I will ask you, because I don't know this, that's why I'm going to ask. The Access crew, the production team, do they do other combat sports along with these specials, or is this their first time you know, putting together the, the broadcast, the camera work, the production, and all of that? 
Uh, it's a hybrid crew because New Japan, uh, or excuse me, uh, TVSI has some has a cameraman and some more. They has some their hands, but the nucleus of the crew is is, is basically the same crew, Jonathan, that does their Friday night MMA, and they do about forty live MMA events a year on Friday nights on Access TV. So uh, they're they're not novices to combat sports. And I don't know if we're even using the right term to say that that pro wrestling is a combat sport, but nonetheless, uh, they have been to the rodeo time or two. But here's the deal: if you only do wrestling once or twice a year, I don't care how good you are. What else you do? Uh, it's challenging, especially when you have uh, so many tag matches, as I've alluded to, because they're just essentially harder to shoot uh, for the truck. There's a lot more moving parts, and you don't want to miss anything that's tangible. But it's almost impossible not to. It is it's very difficult. I guess this is why McMahon and the WWE for so many years want to make sure that the camera angles are exactly where they need to be. Uh, when you have a lot of these these guys that are just jumping all over the top rope, jumping on tables, outside but, interference, all that, it, it's hard to keep up with. It reminded me of some of the Crockett years um, in the in the late '80s, where we just. You know, you start getting a little bit more high-flying. Now the stationary camera guys or the production truck is not used to that, and there was a lot of that in that broadcast. You, you know, uh, I watched last Friday night, I watched uh, a good portion of that show back mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and enjoyed it. I had phone calls and different things, but nonetheless, uh, I thought that the, the, we had a little bit of a rough start, it seemed like, maybe in the very opening segment or so. Uh, that's what I was told. I didn't really notice it. Uh, and the, uh, so I, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that for, I didn't see it in an environment like you probably did where I could really study the broadcast. Uh, so, and they, hey, look, they're a pleasure for me to work with. Mm-hmm. The crew's great, uh, as far as work, me working with them and them helping me out. Uh, you know, I just, just, it's just a tough deal. You know, they, we should have been inside the corral, not outside the corral. And, you know, it's how many times during a live show can you wave people off that now's not a good time to take a selfie? Right. I, can't sign your, I can't sign your ticket right now. I'm, I'm kind of working. And that needs to be addressed, I think, a little bit. But, you know, it's uh, the way it is. Hey, I got I – had I had somebody that slipped in behind me and took a picture of a, all the sheet, the packet that I got from Access TV. And one of the items in the packet was – uh, photos, a little like a photo sheet. And uh, I had no idea why they did it. I mean, I, I do that show every week, so I, I know who the guys are. But it helps me because when you can just look down and pick up the information real quick, as a broadcaster, that's that's gold. So uh, what this person took a picture of it and then said, isn't it embarrassing that JR doesn't even know who these people are? What? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And so... It's just one of those, that's the area we live in, man. That's what we are right now in this uh, world, and that's why it's a pleasure to come on under the hood, because it's not all about gloom and doom and, and dirt. So I, I appreciate that on your behalf, Jonathan. It just, it's just weird. Well, one thing, people are weird. People uh, all believe that they're journalists and all they can is write blogs and write tweets and believe that that's news. It's, it, it just isn't. You're looking for something yeah, that's right. not there, but they're just trying to get attention as much as possible. It's a, you know, you come to re- realize, Jim, it's a very lonely world, very lonely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. I, uh, I just don't choose to 
you know, since my wife got killed last year and my life changed, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm getting I'm going through it just fine right now. You know, I'm I'm making it. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, I choose not to want to to deal with that. I choose not to bring it. As I said to someone other day, I don't pack the negative boxes in my truck anymore. They don't have a place. There's no room at the end for the truck and the negativity. And I'm in a place in my life where financially and and professionally, I don't have to. I don't have to give a damn. I'm lucky. So I choose to associate with good people that are positive and keep the negativity as best I can. And it's, it's impossible to do totally, but as best I can, I don't deal with it. And so, I, and I have some friends that I haven't talked to much since uh, she died because they're a little bit negative on various things. And I don't choose to, to enjoy them on that situation. So that's kind of where I see the wrestling thing. I had somebody uh, had hit me with something the other day about uh, something about my wife's death. And then it got retweeted to me, and it's like really bad, bad stuff. And I, I wonder sometimes just what's going through people's mind and why they they feel compelled to share that stuff. Because they would never do that to your face. No. They would never, ever confront me to my face and make light of my wife's death. They just wouldn't. And if they would, it would be a very terse and short conversation. Right. So uh, that's kind of where I am with that deal. But I, I, back to our New Japan stuff, I, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to uh, July when they run the Cow Palace. Uh, very curious to see how that's going to go ticket-wise. Should do great. It all depends, as usual, on the card. But you get Okada in a big title match or something that's not tag team-oriented, and they give the the card a couple of real good single matches, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't settle it out. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the broadcast. It reminds me of the old uh, Clash of Champions. So when you eat these specials, along with the shows on XS TV, I get it on my Comcast every Friday night. Uh, I just think oh. it's a treat. Well, thank you. Hey, uh, I had another another illustration of, of the ridiculousness. I compared uh, Hiroki Goto to Bret Hart. And oh. I mentioned that to Sean Waltman. I did this podcast last week, and he said, when he said that, I, I got it. But... There were a lot of people that just went crazy. They thought that it was the most ridiculous thing and that, you know, nobody knew who Bret Hart was. It's like, you got to be kidding me. You know, Godo is an underappreciated guy, in my opinion. Yes. He's very, very fundamentally sound. He can wrestle or he can brawl. And he's very technically sound. That was what Bret was all those things. And if you follow the game, you're going to know who, who Bret Hart is. I guarantee you there's not anybody in Chicago that don't know who the hell, who the hell Dick Buckus is. Right. right. You know, he's part of the community. He's part of the mm-hmm. fabric of that city. Uh, and and and, uh, and Bret Hart is a part of the fabric of the wrestling business. So it was meant as a, as a compliment, but some people, for some reason, just didn't get it. So you can't win for losing, so I don't worry about it much. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> no, we'll have fun in San Francisco. I told the guys at Access, the food will be great. So we get to eat, we'll have good food there, and uh, I enjoy, I've always enjoyed Frisco because I went there to do some XFL games, mm-hmm. and that was all, always a fun time. So it'll, it's, it'll be good. Hey, I'm living a wrestling fan's dream, man. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I'm a lucky son of a gun. I got all these opportunities. I'm going to have a big weekend at, uh, in New Orleans. So uh, and hopefully I'll get a, a assignment on Sunday. You know, that's, my fingers are crossed because I'm like a kid, man. 
I want to go play. Right. Give me a jersey. Let's get me in the game for a play or two. So if that means uh, uh, broadcasting something on the pregame show or something on the card or wherever it may be, uh, that's that's WWE's call. I just I will be there, and I'll as, a, as the old timers say, Jonathan, I'll have my gear with me. Right, that's right. You got to have it in the trunk, absolutely, just yeah. in case. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got to have that. I have one other thing before I ask you about WrestleMania regarding Cody Rhodes. I, I okay. love the I love uh, Cody Rhodes because he's easy to dislike. He's got he's got the he's got a great look. His his wife is beautiful. He cheats to win. And I really, I really enjoy what I think he's been tremendous as one of the pioneers now. This new kind of indie wrestling movement, I guess you can call it, New Japan movement. That's for sure. What, what do you think of his future and what he's been doing? Oh, I love the kid. You know, again, you're asking a guy that's a little bit biased because I've known him since he was a baby, mm-hmm. literally, oh, ser- seriously. Uh, and you know, his dad and I are close. Uh, you know, we just. We love to argue and fight with each other because he's a Texas fan. I'm an Oklahoma fan. And, but that was our deal. And uh, so many things that remind me of Dusty to this very day. But uh, Cody's got a great head on his shoulders. I, I, I hope that he's saving his money uh, because he's obviously making a lot of it. And, you know, Uncle Sam don't play. Mm-hmm. So when you get a 1099, pay your damn quarterlies. Uh, I'm not sure that he is. He's And... You're right. His wife is beautiful, uh, and I—they're I, a great couple. They're a great couple, without a doubt. And he is one of the many of the guys that are taking a large part of their uh, extemporaneous money, their uh, their new money, to being very serious with that. So, and that's in in the, in the form of merchandise. So, I think that's just great. They're entrepreneurs, you know, the Bucks, Omega. Uh, all those guys, the, the uh, Bullet Club guys, in whatever form you want to look at it, they've taken it upon themselves, Jonathan, to maximize their time. We all know that the shelf life of a pro wrestler, especially with using today's style of taking an accelerated amount of bumps, is going to lessen their shelf life. It's inevitable. It's not a negative prophecy. It's not me being negative. It's real, being real. And so... Uh, I just think that those kids are really doing a great job. They remind me of main event guys in the territory era that would come in and sit with a booker, who oftentimes was their was their opponent, and work out their program and have a say in everything that they did because they knew what they were good at and, and what they weren't as good at, and they tried to stick with their strengths. But this merchandising thing these kids have got that they're doing and the, the fact they're running a big show there in Chicago, I think, what is it, September 1st? Yes, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood is a cool deal. Mm-hmm. I brought both those guys. Black hats off to those kids because they're they're trying to be more than just uh, show up and here's and, and follow orders. They do that too, but they have a say in their direction, and I think that's really really important for any wrestler today, no matter the company. And if people say you can't do that WWE, I say you know uh, BS. Of course right. you can. Yeah, and so, and so yeah, I I appreciate what they're doing too, Jim. I think it's fun, and, and that Young Bucks main event uh, that they were in, I'll be damned, Jim. They those Young Bucks they slowed down for me to understand what the hell they were doing. How about yeah, that? They, they actually did. they told I, a I story. Told, uh, How about that? I told uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Matt uh, that Matt of the Young Bucks. I said, uh, you know, I so much enjoyed 
uh, since Russell Kingdom calling some of your matches even more because you had slowed the process down and you let me jump on the on the on the in the vehicle and ride along with you. Before sometimes, be honest with you, the, the vehicle was driving so fast, running so fast, I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a seat. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I want to be able to make a better emotional investment, and they have allowed me to do that with the pace of the match and the story they're telling. As something as sim- simplistic uh, as uh, Matt selling his back, and that that story's been selling his back since the uh, young bucks were uh, fighting uh, Yo and Cho. That was the, that was the, the common denominator. I said something that simple. He said, "Well, you know, we're going to do it tonight. I'm going to the backs of it issue tonight in the main, in that main event." So, it's just simple stuff. They get it. They really get it, and they're good marketers. They're good merchandisers. I, the Young Bucks, well, in my view, and I've been so lucky, Jonathan, that you know I've called matches for some of the great tag teams in history. Lucky, just the right place, right time. But they're rock and roll express like. They're Midnight Express-like. They're that mm-hmm. good. And those guys are in rarefied air, those, those two Expresses. Arn and Tully. Who's better than Arn and Tully when they were a team on a regular basis? I, didn't, I don't know of anybody. But they rank in that whole conversation with all those guys. The Hardys, when the Hardys were young and healthy and, you know, uh, back in the TLC days. So uh, I, uh, I just think that they are, they're, they're, they're great assets to our business. And I hope that somewhere down the road, if they choose to make their move, that they'll get a, their big run in WWE at some point because there's obviously money there to be made. They've already proven that they are, are ace marketers. I guarantee you one thing, Stone Cold Fruits is all those guys in the locker room that if you take ideas to the art people and the, and the merchandise people, they damn sure are apt to use them. And mm-hmm. he did that, and he, he was a, a huge source of his own money or income because he created some great designs that sold shirts. They, they're the same kind of. They're all the same mold, and I, I really, uh, I, I'm really happy that I've got the chance to get to know them a little bit and call their matches. Jim, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania as we always do uh, this time of year. Taking place in New Orleans, we'll talk about where you're going to be in New Orleans in just a moment. But it was a long drink of water, but I think we finally got there with Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, it took a while, Jim, but watching Monday Night Raw last night and the the way the crowds have been behind Roman Reigns, not the trolls, the 30% that's going to boo just because they want to boo, but for the most part, you're hearing the fans support Roman Reigns in this program against uh, Brock Les- against Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. I'm looking forward to it. How, how do you see the matchup? Physical. Uh, uh, probably uh, under 15 minutes. Maybe twenty, under twenty, fifteen or twenty. I'd say the max, uh, and, I, and I got no problem with that, by the way. Uh, but it will be physical, and straightforward, and uh, you know, I like most of the wrestling community. I assume it's it strains time. How many times can you be the bridesmaid uh, and get close, or seemingly seemingly be on that direction, and then something happen? So uh, yeah, it has taken a long time. But hey, look. I uh, I talked to him last year at WrestleMania because you know I got I signed with WWE on a on a Friday night uh, in Orlando and I was doing the last match of the show on Sunday night and I talked to uh, Roman about his uh, status there backstage in Orlando and uh, he's uh, he steered the course I, I like him a lot I liked him when we when we signed him. I like the fact that he committed to get his body in, in, uh, in TV shape and not nose guard shape because uh, he was a pretty good nose tackle at Georgia Tech. 
So uh, I, I, I got no issues with it. I I just think sometimes that stuff is overthought, and it's, we make it as fans make things too complicated sometimes. And the whole deal is, if you don't like him, well, you know, you don't have to watch, really. Mm-hmm. And if you do watch, you can keep your opinions to yourself, if you, unless you feel com- compelled to share with the world how much you dislike Roman Reigns. But I, 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 I think he's a keeper. If I had a territory, and I could have picked from the WWE guys to start a territory, and I had ten picks, he'd damn sure be one of them. So uh, I, I hope it uh, works out fine. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of dynamic it's going to be in the arena when that match happens, it's going to be interesting to see what that match follows and what then what follows it. So uh, it's it's going to be a very compelling night, and the fans have made it very uh, uh, heck. What's the word? Unpredictable. It used to be you could kind of predict how the reactions are going to be, uh, but now it's not it's not as easy. So, but I think it'll work out. But I think it'll be a very physical match. I don't think it's going to be a when they lock up. If they lock up, it ain't going to be. Lightweights, they're going to get after it, and I think both guys like that. So uh, you got two world class athletes that come from mainstream programs: the Minnesota wrestling program, the Georgia Tech football program. Uh, they're the real deal, and they're not. Neither one are going to want to uh, go down without a fight. And uh, so I'm not trying to sell something that isn't going to happen. But my point is, they're very competitive, and the last thing those two guys want is to have the not is to not have the best match on the show. And that's going to be hard for anybody to have because there's so many good things booked. Well, Jim, you mentioned earlier something that resonated with me, and that is is that you have a lot of these multi-man matches, whether it's tag or for, for instance, the Intercontinental title. I think Miz is, has been great, uh, but he's in a multi-man uh, match as well as uh, Randy Orton. So this is a great opportunity for the match we just talked about with uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and for AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura because it's one-on-one one one of those matches could really steal the show because there's so many moving parts in those three men and 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 three different tag teams in a matchup the one-on-one still uh, still matters today in wrestling so either one of those particular matches I think could steal the show you're right Uh, and my money would be probably leaning a little bit more on the uh Shinsuke Nakamura, A.J. Styles matchup. I've called that match before for uh, Access TV. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. I mean, and, and I say that, and I don't know why it's this way. When I came back from Wrestle Kingdom 9 and doing that show at ringside, uh, I couldn't say enough good things about Shinsuke Nakamura, and I mentioned that to WWE very prominently, that I saw one of the most charismatic uh unique talents that I'd seen in my career. And, you know, and I, I, I talked to him, you know, I found out about his, you know, his, his uh, being a fan of Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson, and they, they uh, influenced his creative and his artistic style. He's a badass, too. I mean, he's an MMA guy. He's trained. He's a killer. So, uh, but we have not seen the best of Shinsuke Nakamura to date. I think that he had, his, he had that great match with Sami Zayn on his debut, and they tore it up. I just don't, I haven't felt compelled that, to, to say, well, his, that match with Shinsuke was one of the best I've ever seen. I've seen him in matches, I would say that. But I just think that he's either not comfortable or he's just, he's just getting there, that comfort zone, comfort level, not comfort zone, that's not good. So uh, <laughs> yes. I think that that match is going to be amazing. I really do. 
And what, whoever follows that, that's where you want to look at on, on the lineup sheet if you're a talent. Who's following Styles and Shinsuke? I, I wouldn't want it to be me because I think they'll kill it. Well, I, I want to ask you as someone, uh, I want to put your, um, your booking hat on, your matchmaking <laughs> hat, because when you're in the back and two talents or four talents come up to you and say, Jim, you know, this is our matchup. And they say, okay, this is how we want to, this is our finish, this is what we want to do. I mean, is it a possibility that Styles and Nakamura can go to someone in the back, a producer, and just say, you know, we want to lay out the match this way, and it will remind you of a New Japan match. Would Vince bust a, a gasket if they say, hey, you know what, we just want to go a, a little bit above and beyond what we normally do? Because maybe that's what's missing with Nakamura. We don't see anything close to anything that you call on Access TV with Nakamura because it's a, it's kind of a – he's down in, in the low gear now. He's in low two. He's not in drive as we uh-huh. saw so many times uh, at New Japan. Can a talent come to you and say, you know what, we want to do it the way – we did, uh, you know, Pensacola '81 or whatever it is that the match that we have laid out. Could you do that? Could you accept that? Of course. Okay. The goal is, you know, it's like uh, what's the, what, what did the old what did Jim Morris Senior say? The, the the goal is to win the game. Well, that's right. I thought it was uh, uh, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, yeah. The goal is to win the game. The goal is to entertain the audience, and whatever match that two individuals can best deliver. To tell the story that the that the uh, administration is desiring, i.e., who they, who's going to, they're going to put over, uh, how they get to that destination is very subjective, and you want them to uh, do what they think will get over to the crowd. So hell yeah, I, I, that's a that guy. Talents have been doing that with Vince for years. I mean, since I, golly, since I can ever remember, Talents go to and say, "I got this idea, boss. I'd like to do this." What do you think of that? And uh, he's stimulated by that kind of stuff. Because guys come with ideas, not just with an empty wagon. Because uh, like my granny would say, you can't sell goods out of an empty wagon. Right. And uh, so they, they they bring their wagon of ideas, and, and, the, and Vince likes some of them, some of them he doesn't. Uh, so, but yeah, heck yeah, and I would encourage any talent. <clears throat> you know, uh, Bill Watts said years ago that if, if you're a wrestler, uh, and you get, and you come, you get booked, and you get you come to your town that you're booked in. You should have three things figured out. You should know how to win, know how to lose, and know how to work a return. So the things you can do to protect yourself in losing, you need to have that game plan. The things you can do to squeak over and get a, a win, you need to have that game plan. And then if you're going to work a return, or you're in a program with this individual. Then uh, how do we address that? So always have those three ideas. Win, lose, or, 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 or return, and I think that's kind of the, you know, it's just a, it's just you just learn it. It's just it's just a, it's just a process. But I, I think that uh, of all the matches, <clears throat> this card Sunday, I just want to be where I can see things. Mm-hmm. I want to be where I can see. I want to see Oscar and Charlotte. I, I mean, I, I love that match. I think Rousey and, and Stephanie McMahon will have amazing chemistry and magic. Because Stephanie's like her dad. She's a natural heel. I say that respectfully. She's, she's cast beautifully. And uh, so, and I, the AJ Styles, the Nakamura match we talked about, uh, I haven't invested much, Jonathan, in the Battle Royals and the, the this and the that. Uh, so there's so much other things on there that, you know, it's like going to a buffet. I'm, I'm kind of going to the protein side of the buffet before I hit the chocolate syrup. <laughs> right. <laughs> Understandable. I completely understand that. 
Uh, what is uh, Do you know anything on the latest on, on Daniel Bryan's return? Will this happen now with Owens and Zayn? Because that was going to be an intriguing matchup, but we know that there's something going on with Shane McMahon uh, with his health. Yeah, I read a little bit about the uh, health issues with Shane. I don't know what – it's like – it's a sad part about things. What the hell are we supposed to believe? Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to believe regarding that? <clears throat> you know, ironically, everybody you could talk to about WrestleMania, I've actually had diverticulitis, and I've actually had an umbilical hernia. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've had two surgeries for both those matters. So if he's undergoing, if Shane is having those ailments, then uh, he's got some work to do. Because there's just, depending how bad the diverticulitis is, for me, it, they removed 13 inches of my large intestine, so it's pretty bad. So I, uh, I hope he's, I hope that it's maybe it's exaggerated, but, uh, and, and somebody's even saying, well, he thinks he can work through it. Come on, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, we're, now our now our keyboard warriors out there in Twitter land are becoming doctors. No, oh, yeah. yeah, right. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> it's a crazy deal, but I don't know. I, I, the Daniel Bryan thing, I'm happy for him. I almost cried when he got his clearance. Mm-hmm. It probably means more to him than any other wrestler on the on the on the on the roster to be able to, to get cleared to work. Uh, I could see. I'd have a hard time believing that he's not the guy. That this, you know, he's just uh, that's just Daniel. He's he's a lifer, and uh, I'm so happy he got he's got cleared. And I'm glad that they, you know, the fans might not be, but again, they're not doctors. That right. they were were diligent and deliberate in doing all the checkups and the recurring the checkups, this, that, and the other. It's not something you can screw around with. And he's got a beautiful wife and a beautiful little baby girl. So he's he's obligated to them to be their provider. He's the he's the man of the household. He's the he's the patriarch here. This little new family. Mm-hmm. He he can't be taking stupid chances to satisfy his own uh, uh, desire and and risking things that could really be serious. You know his health. Hello. Right. So exactly. I, I'm saying that if they have waited this long and they have. Uh, you know, uh, done all these checks and rechecks, I feel confident that he's good to go. There's no way in hell WWE would have ever returned him to the active roster and cleared him if he uh, wasn't medically uh, cleared by the, their battery of doctors. And I applaud that. Hey, this ain't an ACL deal, Jonathan. Right. This is brain, man. We know where that's going. We, you know, there's, where's, where's the Dave Durson stories of the world? It's sad, man. Yeah, and is. we don't want to talk about that because it is sad. But anybody that's in a, in a business like that, MMA, boxing, wrestling, football, and more, they got to start protecting themselves better and understanding what, what's, what's ahead of them. So I think it's – I'm happy for him. I really am. But, yeah, uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm certain that they made the right decision. And I'm just tickled to death that he's going to be able to uh, perform uh, on, uh, on Sunday. So it's a, it's a great story, and I hope it has a happy ending. That's all. I was talking to uh, to D'Lo Brown about uh, Dave Duerson a few weeks ago. Um, very happy for his his son, his family, trying to uh, prevent the to tackle football uh, for for young kids. They're trying to have a legislation passed in Illinois for that. And so, you know, I, uh, obviously, 
with Dewerson being a former Bear, we're keeping our eyes on this very much. We've had Chris Nowinski on the show before, too, Jim. So the, the concussion issue is not going away anytime soon. No, it isn't. It, it's, it's going to become much more prominent. Hey, if it's affecting <clears throat> states from having uh, elementary football, if we're rethinking that whole process and getting the helmets and all the pads off these little kids, uh, then it's making an it's, it's, it has made an impact. Because I can only imagine what the the pushback is going to be if you have if you're if you're siding with the people that want youth, foot, youth football monitored and amended. Because there's some states that piss everybody off, including the one I'm sitting in right now. Right. <laughs> I don't agree with it. But the, the, the concussion things are a big deal. That's why I say I know that they went the extra mile, and, and that, to me, is, would not have always been the case in the wrestling business. And I don't know if it had been the case in a lot of other companies. But it, thank God he was in WWE because he got the best medical care. He got taking, his bills were taken care of, and they made sure he got the, the finest care he could in the area of his, his, his issue, which is very tricky. So, uh, again, it's not the ACL here. We're talking a brain. Right. And uh, so that's the, that's how I look at that deal. But I'm very happy for him. And I just hope that he, everything, I hope that his comeback, or whatever you want to call it, is everything that he envisioned it would be. He, he's a good guy, and good guys should win occasionally. Right. Uh, I know your bags are packed and getting ready to go to New Orleans for WrestleMania. Uh, I, I heard you before talk about this uh, this new concept you have for slobber knocker sessions. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that it won't stop in New Orleans. You'll continue this process, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, it's a, it's a, uh, I think it's a better way of interacting with the fans. You know, I've done the big stage shows, with, you know, 300, 400, 500 people, you know, two or three, ni- two or three nights at WrestleManias. And, uh, uh, and had a blast. You know, they, they, come, they, they become a little bit uh, intoxicated. And uh, so I thought, well, I want to change this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we created a deal where we, we could control our venues better. We're at the Hilton Garden Inn on, on Friday morning in a big meeting room, like a double meeting room. And I'm going to do a, for 100 people, uh, we have a, uh, everybody's a VIP. For, for your ticket price, you get a sign, a hardcover co- hard of my book, Sovereign Ocker. You get, uh, we'll do the Q&A. Photo ops, autographs, and uh, and then Sean Mooney's going to be my MC, uh, the former WWF announcer back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, who's now out in Arizona doing TV, and he's just uh, started a new podcast. I just was on it, so Sean will be our MC. He'll field the questions and, and do the follow ups. So it's just a hundred folks, and everybody that's a part of it, uh, everybody can have their questions answered. They can have a voice. There's no, there's no cattle car. There's no hustle and bustle. Uh, you know, I'm not looking at my watch to get out of there to go someplace else. My next booking on Friday is the Hall of Fame. I'm going to attend. So I got all, I got plenty of time to interact with the fans, and uh, that's kind of the story of that. And as we go forward, uh, it makes us less dependent on having to go to a quote unquote comedy club. We could actually get a, a, a more competitive venue arrangement with some of these hotels and do 100 people and come in and have, a, have some fun for 100 of us. So uh, that's kind of the idea there. And, 
as of uh, what is today? Uh, as of Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. I had six tickets left. So it's not ticketfly.com is a ticket place, but you know, uh, and if we have any release or somebody didn't get theirs or whatever, I'll tweet it out. But right now, there are six tickets officially left at ticketfly.com, so it looks like it's going to be a sellout and. And for a hundred of us, so I think that's just I could have done more tickets, but that number just seemed to fit, Jonathan. And I, again, it can't be a cattle call all the time. It can't be just about selling one more eight by ten or one more bag of jerky or whatever. It's just the experience is good. Because I tell you what, last year in Orlando, only a week after my wife was killed, maybe ten days. That's that. My family, my wrestling fan family, saved my ass. Because man, I was. I had hit the wall, right? and uh, it was hard. It was really hard. I wasn't prepared for it, and then, uh, but they bailed me out. The WWE family, the the fans, you know, uh, the boys, you know, the the guys that were reaching out and, and crying and hugging me backstage uh, was amazing. Because my wife had that big of an impact on a lot of the guys because she was like a coach's wife. Mm-hmm. So good woman, you know, and so. Uh, but that it bailed me out. So I, I thought, well, this hundred hundred people's deals—that's a better deal for me. You know, might not sell as much stuff, might not make as much money, but we're going to be okay because it's not all about the payday. It's about the experience and the interaction, and I love that. I, I should almost pay them for for what they give me. But that's that's still go crazy here. But nonetheless, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a fun concept, and I yes. hope we'll be in Chicago to do something. You know, the, the we're 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 launching uh, a Q and A Q&A show with uh, the King and myself, mm-hmm. Jr. and the King uh, live with Jr. and the King is going to be happening soon in a city near you, uh, and you know we'll play Chicago. But yes. well, Jerry and I have never done these shows ever. We had a tremendous run together on Monday Night Raw. We're still great friends. We enjoy hanging out together. We enjoy doing things uh, in that regard, work-wise. You know, I, I enjoy working with Hugh Hefner, so right. it's all good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I uh, I, I just, uh, those are going to be some fun shows. we got one, we're, we're getting, we're finalizing our paperwork. We're going to do like a little five-city tour type thing and play some different venues. And we have some promoters that are, interested in uh, taking it uh, a lot of way, well beyond uh, America and so probably a European, a UK, uh, Ireland, you know, all that kind of stuff, Australia. We have a lot of requests because for years the, uh, you know, the J.R. King was the soundtrack. That's right. So, and we've never monetized that. And our stories are hilarious. I mean, I told him one time, and I didn't know this is why he knew they had him. I said, you know, if they had those little cameras, we put them in our rental car and our trips when we were on the road, this would be some funny stuff, man. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, he he always drove and he always controlled the radio. I always read the sports page. Right. It's like uh, two grumpy old men. And then, you know, every now and then we'd get, we'd get, really, we'd get giddy when we found a KFC buffet. When you can find a fried chicken buffet, brother, let me tell you something. Out there on the road... That's almost as as welcome as a as a handsome woman's hug. KFC buffet. Right. You're far through silk with that. That's for sure. So we we had fun, like you know, we just had we just got along, and and 
he's a and we had great stories and so we're gonna we've been talking about doing this for a long time and to be honest with you when my wife was uh left us that kind of broke my eyes up on some things that i've been saying i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that we're gonna do this and so i i think i've said this on my podcast jonathan you know tomorrow's our tomorrow's aren't guaranteed mm-hmm. and they're not so uh i'm uh so jerry and i are going to do some of those shows and uh, we'll, have, we'll have some fun doing it, I think, and, and looking forward to that. So be, there'll be some nice news coming up soon. Uh, I don't think I'll really talk about that much anywhere. Uh, so you're getting a little bit of a scoop there on that deal. So we've got some some cool shows and with Jerry, and then and then, uh, then I'm just I'm just I'm just loving life. I'm living. I'm alive. My daughters are healthy. My granddaughters are healthy. You know, I'm I'm uh, just the, the hand I got dealt is what it was. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I choose to not be sad. I choose to move on. And that's what I've been doing. And I'm, everything I do, I like doing. So that's what's funny about this deal. I love the WrestleMania week and all, everything about it. I love going to L.A. and voicing over the New Japan shows. I love doing the live New Japan show. I wish I'd, I wish I'd do once every, every quarter or something. Mm-hmm. But I, So I'm lucky. I'm like you. I do projects I like and I think I'm pretty good at. Yeah, I I learned that from you over the years that I'm now I'm in a position in my career where I'm doing things that I enjoy doing and turning down things that I don't want to because life is too short, man. I'm doing I'm doing baseball. I'm doing I never did baseball before. Doing baseball for University of Illinois Chicago along with basketball. Doing NBA radio, ESPN radio nationally with Jeff Dickerson, my my good friend, and, yep. and doing shows in Chicago. So I'm doing projects that I, I want to do and that I enjoy doing. I love being a moving target. Yeah, man, I, and I'm I'm all I live vicariously through your, you nowadays because you're doing a whole <laughs> you're doing all those cool gigs, and I, I I'm doing some cool gigs too, but I'm just not doing as many as you. I'm, I'm a little older, and so I again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overload myself with this stuff. Hey, I gotta. I got a huge year. I got to, we got to start, uh, we got to write our second book. Paul right. O'Brien and I, we're going to write a, a sequel to Slobberknocker and cause we'll pick it up after that, uh, uh, WrestleMania with Austin and, and the rock and then move it forward and play it for, forward. So, you know, obviously the, my wife's, uh, accent will be included in that. So anyhow, uh, I got a lot of things to do this year. And I'm looking forward to every damn one of them. Well, don't worry about the mules. Just load the wagon, Jim. Amen, brother. You got it. <laughs> and if you and never pass a KSC buffet, just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One last thing, and I appreciate your time. So the sure. one thing that that the you that that the um, the audience that didn't see Mid South, they could see it now on the WWE Network, which is great to be able to look to relive what. Um, uh, what uh, Bill Watts was putting together, which is just tremendous television. Boyd, when you were working your way into Mid-South, Boyd Pierce would, you'd come in every now and then. You'd be out there maybe once every couple episodes, you'd come back because it was a rotation. Yeah. Boyd Pierce yeah. said, we, we welcome now a man that, that works for ESPN doing the rodeo. It is Jim Ross. Do you, did uh-huh. you work for the mothership? Did you do call rodeo for ESPN? Yeah, team rodeo. Team Rodeo. You've never uh, talked about that before. Well, it, there's no reason. <laughs> uh, uh, it was a uh, it was a little bit of a cluster. Uh, it was a good idea. They had these uh, these rodeo teams, and uh, the Tulsa team actually drew well. Uh, they had some local cowboys, some kind of quasi famous guys. 
the media was very friendly to it. And we all know that if the media decides to commit and, and back a brand, it, it helps it obviously become much more successful. And they did that, but uh, it just didn't have the, the legs uh, elsewhere. Uh, but uh, Bob Carpenter, you, remember, you know Bob Carpenter? Absolutely, voice of the Nationals now. Yeah, he was the play-by-play guy of that, of that triumphant. I did not know. And I never heard him do any interviews about it either. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we all had our little hats and uh, like drugstore cowboy, and I was the guy that was behind the shoots interviewing these uh, daredevils, bull riders, bronc riders, what have you. Uh, so I wasn't uh, in the booth, which probably was a hell of a blessing in disguise because less than me would be better at that point on this brand. But it was a it was a fun little project. It just. Another one of those deals where you kind of got your toe in the water on something, and it was new and different, and so uh, you know, I, I had I had fun. It just I I really even think about that time, and I don't even know why I didn't. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't memorable. But maybe it is memorable. And I just that's like saying, "How was your year in the XFL?" I think I should have written, taken notes in a journal all that season, and written a hell of a book about the XFL. The wrestling guy in the XFL, I was about as welcome in the football world as, you know, somebody with a, a, a great big, you know, zit on their lips. Just fever <laughs> blister, whatever. Nobody no, but no. That Jim, that's timely, though. To, if you if you wrote about that, I think that's timely now. Obviously, with the XFL coming back and, and what's happened now with yet another uh, football uh company coming in 2019, I think, that, I think that would be timely now based on how people are looking at the XFL coming back. Well, certainly my, my second book, mm-hmm. uh, the Sovereignocker version book, the auto, autobiography-like book, I will – there'll be some good XFL stuff in that. So we'll come test the water on that deal. But sure. I, I enjoyed that whole uh, – I enjoyed that a lot. But now I'm a football guy. I, I, you know, I was making – I made $1,500 a game. One five zero zero period. Mm-hmm. $1,500. And so it wasn't a money deal. Uh, I didn't – I never even – Complained about the money, believe it or not. I just was happy I got to go do a game every week. Right. And it was fun. And I got to live a little bit of my dream, my little kid thing, you know, and uh, just had a great time. So, and I'm sure the guys that are doing it this year will have a great time as well. They just hope they'll, get, they'll play better football than we had. They got more time to prepare, get their teams together, coaching staffs together. And as long as it gives people in football, Jonathan, guys like you and me, an opportunity to, to do some work if we chose to go that direction, then I'm for it. It gives coaches a job. It gives players a chance to be re- reestablished and, and, and rediscovered. Second life, whatever. So that's, I, that's good. That's what the same thing I say about independent wrestling. I don't cheer or, or, or I don't pull for any promotion to not be successful because, to me, that's really ridiculous. And the thing about the uh, – the, uh, you know the the dynamic is is that the more people that are doing great in in wrestling, uh, the better we all are. Because there's going to be somebody that's going to be discovered in the Ring of Honor or New Japan or an uh, indie here or PWG or whatever it may be that WWE is going to hire. It's inevitable, right? As it should be. They're the NFL. Your football player. What do you want to play? You want to play on Sunday or you want to play on you know Thursday afternoon? Well, kind of like that Sunday gig. Right. So that's kind of how I look at that deal. The same thing as the uh, same comparison to me is that it's just good for the business. And so if it's good for football, then how can us football guys become so uh, omnipotent 
to judge the game before they play it. I mean, I'm not that smart. I don't know how good the football is going to be, but I know this, it'll be football. And why, <clears throat> why do some of us watch the NFL Network or ESPN Classic? We know the outcome of the damn games. Right. Uh, because it's a game. It's a game, yes. It's, it's the same reason famous. I like to watch Sopranos reruns. I hear dialogue. I miss the first go-around or the second go-around. Mm-hmm. I'd like to experience it again. So, uh, anyhow, that's uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the of the Indies and of the XFL, the football side as well. So it'll be really interesting to see where all that, how that pans out. And will Chicago get a team? And, you know, will Jonathan Hood be broadcasting XFL games? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, we'll see. Hey, well, here's the thing. As my granny would say, when I told her I wanted to be the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals and follow the great Jack Buck and Harry Carey, mm-hmm. she said, Jimmy, somebody's going to do it. So, Jonathan, somebody's going to do it. And if, if you want to do it, why not you? Why not me, right? Right. Hell yeah. Absolutely. And why not Why not you, Jim? And why not you? Yeah, well, that ship sailed. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to do a reality show and just go to KFC buffets around America and track up conversations with total strangers about what they're ordering. Don't forget to catch Jim on the on Access TV, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, every Friday night. I get it on my Comcast cable. You get a chance to watch it as well. And don't forget, you can catch Jim. Jim's going to be at Slobberknocker Sessions. It's going to be in New Orleans. And, again, he'll you can see him also. And hopefully you will have a jersey. I hope for, that you'll be able to call a match, do something for WrestleMania, because that's going to be a, a lot of fun. Well, I know it sounds uh, old and spoiled. I'm spoiled. I'm old and egocentric. But, man, if you love the game, and I really do love the game, I love the wrestling business, and, you, and you're at WrestleMania, how do you not want to be involved in whatever your area is? Right. Whatever area you can still contribute in, why wouldn't you want to be involved? It's that big a deal to me. And uh, I told somebody the other day, I said, I was a real overnight sensation there at WWE. It only took me 19 years to get hired there. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so uh, right. it's, it's a big deal. It is a real big deal, and uh, I'm, I'm just—it's just amazing to me how it's grown, and how many cameras, and how many trucks, and the traveling, and all the things, the access. I mean, it's a—it's simply amazing what uh, what they have created, what Vince has created, his team, and I helped along the way. I'm happy to say, and uh, very proud of those contributions, and hope to still make more in the future. But boy, I'll tell you, the uh, the wrestling world, somewhere along the way. They won't do it because they're afraid they'll alienate their fan base, which is kind of lame. <clears throat> but they, there should be a, at least a silent fist bump from all the wrestling companies and the w, to the WWE because the WWE is creating a, a, an event, uh, a celebration in New Orleans this week that every promotion there is going to attempt to monetize on the WWE's dime. That's right. And I got no issues with them doing that. I'm not, I'm not lashing out at them. That's, that's what entrepreneurs do. It's opportune, smart, timely marketing. But when, they, uh, when they're when they bitching about the WWE, they shouldn't do it with their mouth full. Because there's some of those groceries have been bought through the fans that came to WrestleMania to have the whole experience. But what brought them to, to New Orleans? WrestleMania. And along the right. way, they get to go to see JR show on Friday or, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, uh, Paul Heyman's show. Uh, all these guys. The, a lot of good stuff going on. So, uh, 
I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm like you. I don't know whether they're going to pass out the jerseys, but I, like I told you earlier, I'm bringing my stuff. Right. So we'll see what happens. As always, Jim, we appreciate your time in Chicago. Thanks so much for coming on the show. You bet, buddy. Always. Appreciate you. You're listening to Under the Hood Podcast with Jonathan Hood. <laughs> John the Hood with you here on the Under the Hood Podcast. Dave LaGreca, my longtime friend. If we, if he lived in Chicago, if I lived in New York, we would have been longtime friends going to matches together uh, either at the Brennan Byrne Arena or at the Rosemont Horizon. We would have been together. He's a host of Busted Open on SiriusXM Rush 93 every morning, Monday through Friday. Check it out. And also on the SiriusXM app. And Dave joins us here on Under the Hood. Hello, Dave. Hey, man, long time no speak. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm thinking if, if we grew up together, so many cards. I think the cards might have been a little bit better in Chicago. Oh, Rosemont Rise had some good cards. Brennan Bird Arena in New Jersey was nice, but I think you would have enjoyed the Chicago cards. I'm sure I would have, man. Chicago's an awesome city. And what about Brennan Burn Arena? Are you still sad that it's not, <laughs> it's not yeah. there? It's so, Jonathan, it's so funny you brought that up because I actually took the long way home from work today because I wanted to pass by the arena. And they're doing so much construction, you can't even see the arena anymore. And I was getting depressed and I was getting sad. So uh, I'm glad you brought that back up. I mean, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, the show has just taken off, Dave. I mean, here, here's where I'm, I'm so proud of you and I'm proud of the show because as a lifelong wrestling fan like I, I am, for you to be involved in an angle, you involved in an angle with the National Wrestling Alliance, that I was so proud to see the cameras in your studio, and there's the NWA champion talking smack to, to about Tommy Dreamer. How cool is that to be involved in an angle like you were? Because you're part of the package. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty surreal, especially um... – Austin Idol being involved as well, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, and interviewing the two of them, and and Austin Idol's like you know a foot away from me. It's like, you know, it's you you get it. It's like a, a childhood dream come true, and to see how this show has grown over the last two or three years has been unbelievable. And uh, I think we're going to have our biggest weekend ever, uh, WrestleMania weekend. So I'm really excited about going to New Orleans. I mean, you you are are working with two Hall of Famers. That's not how it was supposed to go down. You weren't supposed to be working with two uh, WWE Hall of Famers, but you are with with Mark Henry and with Bully Ray. What's that like to be able to work with them uh, every week on the show? Well, if you would have told me a year ago that we would have two Hall of Famers on the show, then I would have thought that my gig would be over and I'd be off the show. (laughs) (laughs) It would be two Hall of Famers hosted. Um it, it it's people want to be involved with this show and it's been fantastic. And I think the the one thing that I pride myself on is just being a good person and having healthy relationships with people. And I think you and I are, are from that same cloth. I think you have that same mindset of just, you know, not burning bridges, but building them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think my relationship with Mark, my relationship with Bully, and my relationship with Tommy Dreamer uh, throughout the years really helped when it came to this part of their career. You know, now that Bully's career is winding down and and uh, Mark is obviously finished now with the WWE, now that they want to embark on something new, they, 
they want to get in, involved with this show now, and the show is so much better because of it. Yeah, I, I just think it, it's great that every day it's something special. It's not just about the WWE storylines. It's about the past. It's about the present. And you had that time to fill with it. So I just think it's it's such a, a fun show. And you, my God, you were able to hold the NWA championship. You held that in studio. What was that like? Is that was it? Was it? Did it feel the same as like a, when a Harley Race held it or a Tommy Wildfire Rich? It's funny because when the interview is over. And we were finished, and I was walking him to the, to the exit of the studio. Nick Aldis turned to me and goes, I know you want to hold this. And he, <laughs> and, he, and he gave me the NWA championship, and I had, like, goosebumps. I'm, like, holding the NWA title. And I, I'm just yelling at somebody to take a picture with me holding on to the title. I was such a fanboy. I, I, you know, I was excited and embarrassed all at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, we grew up, that NWA championship meant everything. Um, and, and now seeing what Billy Corgan's doing with the NWA and Dave Lagana, that they're trying to build this back up again, uh, it's kind of cool to be able to, uh, give them that kind of attention to kind of help them because I, I really do think that it's something that should have a spotlight, spotlight on it. Dave, Nick Aldis believes in his character. As a matter of fact, it makes me think that he, it's not a character. It, it, honestly, like listening to the interview that you did with him and just watching all these NWA videos. I remember when you started talking about this and, and, and having uh guest on about this, when I'm watching him, it's like an old school heel. He believes in his character. I think it, it's pretty strong. I don't know where it's going for the future, but for the present as a traveling champion, I think all this is doing the right thing. Yeah. I think, uh, first of all, I, I like what he does in the ring and, he is that person outside of the ring. I'm not, I wasn't lying on the air when I said that there were there was a time when I approached him after a TNA show and he completely blew me off. Um, and Billy Corgan had somewhat of the same story, and Tommy had somewhat of the same story. You know, they that he is definitely somebody that uh, thinks a lot of himself, and he doesn't really care about. Um, people's opinions about him, but he's a damn good wrestler, and I think he's been a good representat- representation of the NWA. Yeah, it's Rush 93 on Sirius XM. you got to check out Busted Open Radio. I've been a big fan of it for a long time when it was just a couple days in a, in a week. It's five days yeah, a week. Yeah, man, you've been a David supporter Parker. since day one, Jonathan. I, I've, I've, I've always valued your support, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I always love the show, still love the show, that it's five days a week now, and now you're getting even extra analysis. It's like football, basketball, any of the mainstream sports now because you have an analyst in the booth with you, which which I just think it's it's tremendous because Bully is is great, Mark Henry, and then you know the coach is there too. But otherwise, it's a really <laughs> terrific. <laughs> yeah, the it's... coach is there too. <laughs> yeah, the coach is there too. It, it, you know, it's nice to hear from the, the guy from Kansas. But I'm telling you right now that it's a great show despite the coach being there for sure. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's so funny. Bro. I was listening to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, and they actually gave a little shout out to the show. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got Hall of Famers, you got Bully Ray, and you got Mark Henry. And then they're like, oh, and you got Coach to kind of balance things out. <laughs> That's a shame. I, I, I bust Coach's balls, but I'll tell you this. 
you know what? It's a solid booth now at Raw because, you know, uh, he's got his part to play as an analyst. I don't know if it's healer face. I, I really don't really care. I just think that the analysis in the in the Raw booth is solid. I think Coach has solidified that. I think he's, he's, he's not a guy. He's not a punching bag. I know that for sure. He's going to give his opinion, gets in and out, and I think it's pretty clean. It's as a professional broadcaster there. Yeah, I mean, Coach has said this on the air. You know, Vince McMahon doesn't want characters uh, – Behind the microphone, he wants commentators. So he really wants, you know, Cole and Coachman and Corey Graves to call it like, you know, what we grew up on. You know, mm-hmm. that I think Vince McMahon wants more of that than what we were getting, you know, the last 10 to 15 years. Is this the best raw broadcast team as far as a three-man booth in the Cole era? Yeah, hundred percent. I I I I love Corey Graves. I think he does a great job. I think Cole is the glue that holds it all, all together. And I'm a big fan of, of Coach. So I, I I think so. I think this is the best three man booth that they've had. Well, Dave, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania, and I want to talk to you a little bit about what uh, your schedule is going to be like in New Orleans. But I, I think that the card is interesting. In that, I believe that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, along with Styles and Nakamura and the and the two women's title matches, they have a chance to steal the show because I'm not a big fan of the multi-man tag team match or the multi-man United States Intercontinental title matches. But I think that the one-on-one matchups have a chance to really steal the show. How how do you look at the card from top to bottom? I think it's 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 it looks like a great card on paper. It's really deep. We're gonna get a really long show. Uh, at WrestleMania on Sunday, um, but I'm with you too. I, I'm not a big fan of the of the triple threats and the multi tags, and I, I'm I think of those will be good matches. I'm not taking anything away from it, but I'm I'm not a big fan like you. But you you look at AJ and Nakamura, you look at Oscar and Charlotte, um, and like you said, even like a Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, uh, there's a lot of potential here. It's it's really difficult to really point at one match and say this match is going to steal the show. Um, because as much as AJ and Nakamura can be that match, you know, Bully said it on the air, and I kind of agree, there's not a lot of emotion uh, tied to that matchup. Like, I think it's going to be a really good wrestling match, but I don't know if you're going to be emotionally involved in that match. Like, you're going to be with Asuka and Charlotte or, or with Roman and Brock Lesnar. So it's gonna, it's hard to really see when you look at that card what match could really steal the show. See, I, and I don't know where AJ. Here's the thing that's weird about the world title situation. I think this has been brought up on your show before. This is the Styles' time as a world champion, Dave. It reminds me of CM Punk early, where it's like, yes, you're the champion, but yeah, we're not going to put you in the main event. We'll put you in the middle of the card. We'll put you at the beginning of the mm-hmm. card. I look forward to seeing exactly where Styles and Nakamura is on this card because if if they go to an agent and they say we're going to do uh what we did in Japan 2013 whatever how much time we have 20 minutes 25 minutes okay well that's the match we're laying out and they lay out one of those new Japan like matches not because if you lay out a new Japan like match maybe we finally get the best out of Nakamura we have not seen the best of him i don't know who this character is but it nope. is a it is a a, a lesser version of the guy from Japan, but I think a new Japan style matchup, the one that they had a few years ago, if they can do that in the time that they have allotted, that could be the match, but I don't know where it's going to be on the card though. Yeah, I agree. And, and Jonathan, I have a few friends that are strictly just WWE 
fans. They just watch Raw and they just want SmackDown. So, my, you know, these friends, I told them, wait, wait till you see Nakamura. He was amazing in New Japan. He was amazing on NXT. You're going to really fall in love with this guy. And they've all said to me, like, I don't know who you're talking about because <laughs> since he's been on the main roster, I, he's been extremely average. And it's not fair to him because he hasn't been given the time to really shine. And I don't think he fits that WWE formula. Uh, so it's been really tough for him. This is his opportunity to shine on the biggest stage. So it's going to be really interesting. But like what you said, where is it going to be on the card and how much time are they going to be given? Because if this is a 13, 15-minute match, that's not enough time to, to really show what Nakamura can do. And, Jonathan, you are so right. I didn't even think of that. Um, and you're so right. AJ is very similar to CM Punk where everyone knows he's the best. Everyone looks at him as being the best on the roster, the best in the world. But, like, in the eyes of the WWE, even though he has that championship title, they never put him, you know, in that main event. And I think it's going to fall somewhere at the beginning or middle of the show. That's too bad. I mean, he's the world champion. Yeah. And, but yet it, it, it shows that Vince believes in the drawing power of Brock Lesnar, which I understand. I totally get it. But to bury AJ Styles as just some mid-card guy that's holding your world championship, I just think that's not right because the best working match could be AJ Styles and Nakamura, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I I, I thought Raw was in – where was Raw last night? Is it Atlanta? It was in Atlanta, yeah. It was Atlanta, So, which is an interesting um, – I found the crowd interesting in Atlanta because as – we have talked about in the past in some places in the South, the WWE does not resonate where you're wondering where the crowd is. How come it's so light? How come they're so quiet? You know, they're still looking for the last battle of Atlanta. They're looking for Tommy rich and they're looking for yeah. Buzz Sawyer. So, I mean, I know there's some old school Southern wrestling fans, but I will say this about the Atlanta crowd. They came to life for Roman reigns and it was a long drink of water It was a long walk for a drink of water. But I think finally we're going to get to where the majority of the crowd is going to accept Roman Reigns because if you if Reigns is over in Atlanta the way he was last night, where the story's been told, hey, the this Universal Champion's a he's just a a part time guy and you know he, he's like John Cena and look at me I'm here for you every night. I think finally he has been able to gravitate to the crowd where I think he can finally get over with the majority of the crowd if he wins the Universal title at WrestleMania. I'm a Roman Reigns fan. I, I really like Roman. Um, you're right about that Atlanta crowd. They popped huge for Roman. And and when Paul Heyman in his promo said that if they lose, that you know he this is the last time you're going to see them on Monday Night Raw, the crowd cheered. So they're really buying into Rome, Roman's character. They're buying into this storyline. I really like it. I think finally we're seeing the best of Roman on the microphone. I think he's gotten the best of Brock, which is great. Um, and, and I hope that that shows uh, in, in the Superdome on Sunday. I just don't think it's going to happen, Jonathan, because there's a big difference between that Atlanta crowd that we saw on Raw last night and what we're going to see in New Orleans on Sunday. You know, in New Orleans is going to be that hardcore wrestling fan, and the majority of those fans are going to boo Roman, and it's a shame because I, I said I, you, I, I'm not going to judge people on who they're going to cheer and boo for, but I wish Roman, you know, I just wish the fans would see what 
I see from Roman, which is somebody who's very underrated in the ring. And I think he's getting better and better each week on the microphone. Which uh, which women's match is the better match for you? It's a great question because um, story story wise, it's obviously the Nia Jax Alexa Bliss match. I mean, it, this that's old school, right? Isn't it mm-hmm. like where it's it's the true heel against the true face? And um, I, I love what Nia Jax is doing. I think Nia Jax is going to be so so big and popular with this WWE universe. Uh, I think she's going to be one of the most popular wrestlers on the roster in a couple of years. But I love Charlotte. I think Charlotte's the best, you know, pound-for-pound women's wrestler on the WWE roster right now. And Asuka's so fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to Charlotte and Asuka on Sunday. That would be interesting. Um, If Asuka gets over, if she wins the match... Is she the most dominant female wrestler that you that we've ever seen in our lifetime? Like more than yeah, Moolah, I, I mean. Yeah. Uh, whew, that's wow. Um, yeah, I think I, I think so. Especially if you beat somebody like Charlotte on that type of stage, uh, that's taking it to another level. And I think Oscar's going to win too. This hasn't been a great, you know, past year for Charlotte since she's moved to SmackDown. I don't think they've really done a lot with Charlotte. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. All right. Um, I'm very happy. See, this is once again, we can't wait for the triple H era overall in the company, but we see it in, uh, you know, kind of remnants of it in the NXT. It, I know you had to smile when you first saw the unveiling of the NXT North American title. And, and, uh, and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and then it, I saw the belt. I'm like, how old school is that belt? I mean, it just, it's round. It's, it's, it's red. And I'm thinking it's got to be presented by Bob Roop. I think he's got to come out and he's got to, he's going to have to present the title to the winner. It's so funny. I gave my uh, <laughs> producer like a short list of wrestlers that I want on the show that we have never had. Um, and one was Thunderbolt Patterson and the other was Bob Roop. If I can get Bob Roop on the air, I would be a happy man. <laughs> I think the former North American champion Bob Roop would be great on the show. He's got a story to oh tell. My he, God. he he wrestled Sheik Adnan El Casey, I believe in uh, in Casey's hometown, and was and was ca- and I think he was captured. And he was he had to, was detained there for I think a week or two weeks or something like that. Really. You know that story, yeah. That, like, no. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he uh, apparently there's a long story about how he and Sheik Adnan El Casey had a matchup, and um, and apparently because he was a, the lone American, they kept him and detained him for like a week or two because of that match or something like that. Something along those lines. I, it's interesting. I've never heard that story before. It's crazy. Yeah, the 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 great Bob Roop. <laughs> I love right Bob Roop. <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if Thunderbolt Patterson. Well, maybe I'm not sure if Thunderbolt Patterson would be a good interview. I mean, you remember his promos? Uh, maybe not so good. I don't know, but it's worth a try. <laughs> I can't wait when I see you in Columbus. Ooh, when I get you in Columbus. Oh, I when I get you in Columbus. Ooh, uh, Ole Anderson. Mm, uh, I can't wait. 
I can't even say it. Like, well, of course you can't say it because you're a terrible promo Thunderbolt. Well, That's I mean, the worst interview I've ever done on Busted Open was with Ole Anderson. So, I mean, wouldn't that be great to be able to get both Ole and Thunderbolt on? So, yeah, most likely it would be a bad interview. I think it's going to be great. You tell me, um, you, I know you've been watching NXT. Any, any matches stick out to you for, uh, for New Orleans as far as the NXT brand? I love the champ. I, I love him. I, um, I, I, I just see he was somebody that I wasn't a big fan of early on. And, you know, he was a face. It just didn't click. It just didn't work. But as a heel champion, he's been absolutely fantastic. And having Thea by his side has been has been tremendous. So, um, listen, NXT TakeOver never disappoints, Jonathan. And you look at this year's show, it, it could be another one where we say, oh, that's the best TakeOver I've ever seen. It seems like with every TakeOver, no. we're like, all right, that was the best TakeOver. All right, no, this was the best TakeOver. They always outdo themselves, and I and I, and I think this one's another one we're probably going to be talking about very highly once it's over on Saturday. Uh, so we expect to see Cena and Undertaker, right? This is going to happen eventually? I guess. <laughs> still, still I mean, the, the, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, I don't know if we're going to see John Cena, you know, in the crowd with the with popcorn and a soda, you know, as you said on Raw last night that he's a, you know, he's going to be a quote unquote fan. I mean, we have to see this. But is it going to be the dead man or is it going to be the American badass? I'm thinking the American badass, right? You're going to see him mm-hmm. like with a full hair and the the bandana and him coming down and Taz will do commentary with Michael Cole at ringside, like old school. <laughs> I mean, oh, that, oh boy! <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> no, that okay. would be a sight. I mean, <laughs> listen. For me, I I, I want to see the dead man, and I know he laid down his hat and his gloves and his jacket, and I know Kid Rock is being inducted in the Hall of Fame. So how great would it be if he's on the stage singing, and here comes the Undertaker on the motorcycle, the the American Badass, but. There's just something about WrestleMania and the Dead Man, and 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 I may be in the minority on this one, and it seems to be at least on Busted Open, but that's who I want to see. I want to hear the gong, and I want to see the slow entrance to the ring uh, on Sunday. Uh, any any word on what happens with the Daniel Bryan matchup? The return was great, but I don't. I'm not sure how Shane McMahon is in this. Is there going to be like a mystery partner with the Zayn and Owens tag that's supposed to take place? You know, it's crazy, Jonathan. Everyone I spoke with, everybody in regards to Shane McMahon said Shane McMahon will be there. They said he's even bully said he's one of the toughest guys he's ever come across. Um, you know, uh, you know, Mark Henry said if he was uh, if he was just a wrestler and didn't go a different route, he would be one of the biggest superstars. Like. Everybody I talk to says how tough Shane McMahon is and would be shocked if he's not there at WrestleMania. I mean, come on. I mean, unless it's not as serious as we as have been reported. Now, I, I go to you because now you've become – you're, you're a fan, but you're also an insider because you can look at the phones of a Bully Ray or a Jonathan Coachman and get and kind of get the information out to the Bustin' Open Nation. You, you could find out stuff now. Is it, is it not as serious? Why, why would there be a picture of him and his kids at a hospital – J- JR I mean, had the same thing that that uh, Shane McMahon had. It's it's I, I I saw the same thing, but like they said with the hernia, uh, you can there's ways to work through it. 
the diverticulitis if it's caught in time. Um, um, a surgery is not is not needed. It, it, you know, you can it can be helped with antibiotics and medication. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if that's the route uh, that is 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 going to happen. They've been very very hush hush when it comes to Shane McMahon. But from everyone I talked to, they said they would be shocked if he's not there in the ring with Daniel Bryan on Sunday. But right. like you said, diver, you hear diverticulitis, you're like, but we had a doctor on the air that said if he's got diverticulitis, his career is most likely over. So this is, you know, so I, but again, like you said, the, the, the people that I talked to said he's so tough, they would, they would be shocked if he's not there. That's amazing. That is just amazing. I guess anything for WrestleMania, I guess. So this, yeah, uh, I mean, the guy's nuts. I mean, he's proven that he's crazy. I mean, <laughs> he's gone for all. He's gone for a decade, and he comes back, and he's jumping off the top of a hell in a cell. Like it's, it's the guy's obviously somebody that's you know just looks at things completely different than most people. That's just weird. There's just no way that I would be involved in that. There's got to be some kind of mystery partner or something. There's got to be like a a second or a manager for this, but he can't be in that. I don't know. Um, but, so, but, but Jonathan, really quick, I, I mean, have you ever been this close to a WrestleMania with this many questions still unanswered? I mean, we don't know who Braun Strowman's tag team partner is. We don't know about Shane McMahon. You know, we don't know about you know John Cena and the Undertaker. I mean. I mean, we, we come from the time when you knew weeks and weeks beforehand what every single match is going to be. And there's so many questions going in, and we're just days away from WrestleMania. I just don't, Those are just head-scratchers for me. I don't understand. It's almost like you're taking the fans for granted or you have some big surprise. But see, the thing is, you'd rather have the, the card solidified and then just go through it instead of having a surprise, and then it sucks. So I, I – yeah. It's just so many question marks for this WrestleMania card. But when you've got it almost sold out and you know that you're going to have viewers and it's on the WWE Network, they don't care, Dave. <laughs> they don't, they don't yeah, care. They don't. They, I mean, they, and they, they really should because that's the way wrestling should be where you have a established card. But they don't. They're just going to do what they want to do. So I just and, – and because of the question marks now, I'm not really focused on those matches. I'm more focused on, on the matches that we talked about and who could steal the show. And anything else is gravy from here. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel exactly the same way. You know, so I just – I don't know. So tell us uh, what your schedule is going to be. Where can people find Busted Open? Because you'll be broadcasting live as you always do for WrestleMania. Where can fans find you? Yeah, and all our shows will, you know, will be live on Sirius XM Rush Channel 93. Um, on Saturday, we're having our big busted open party from 1 to 3 Central Time at Barcadia, which is a, just walking distance from both the Superdome and from um, the convention center where uh, fan access is going to be. And we're going to have some – Mark Henry will be there. Tommy Dreamer will be there. Bully Ray will be there. Coach will be there. So that's going to be a huge blowout party on Saturday from 1 to 3 that you can hear on Rush. And then on Sunday, we're going to have our, our WrestleMania pre-show from 1 to 3 Central, also at Barcadia. And that's going to be with Ruby Hardy, is going to be my co-host, along with Nita Strauss, who's the guitarist for Alice Cooper. And then at, also at Barcadia, immediately after WrestleMania, Tommy Dreamer and I are going to be doing our WrestleMania post-show. And again, you can hear that on Sirius XM Rush 93. That is awesome. That is awesome. I love when you're on location for these big events because it's always a lot of fun, uh, especially, 
you know, pre and post to be able to tune in afterwards and, and get uh, your, your view. And by the way, at the Superdome, the, the site of my favorite match of all time, all time, and that's, and that's Flair uh, against Steamboat, the second mm-hmm. of the three matches. That's, the, that's my favorite match because we never saw Flair ever saw him uh, submit on television. And so Crazy. that's my favorite, that's my favorite match. Remember that's like, it went like 54 minutes uh, yes. at the uh, Superdome. So love that match, man. I love that match. That's super, like you said, a lot of memories and the Superdome really hasn't changed that much. So um, you, you see the Superdome and, and, and there's a lot of history when it comes to pro wrestling in that building. So I'm really looking forward to it on Sunday. That's right, Dave. It hasn't changed much. It's still a dump. There's no doubt. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it looks exactly. It's it's so funny. I, I went the first time I went there. It looked exactly like you know the Broncos Cowboys Super Bowl in '77. Like they <laughs> they haven't changed that building at all. No, no it's still bad. It's still an awful <laughs> building. But uh, I'll ask you this: what is what do you think is the best WrestleMania um, city? What do you think is the best site that you've been to? Is oh, it that's New York? a good question. Ooh, that's a really good question. I You and Dave were in, in San Francisco, I, right? What's that? Well you you and uh you and, and Mortman were in, in San Francisco, right? Yes. We yep, we we were. I'm I'm gonna have to say New Orleans. Okay. Well, uh, well what about New York? New York's coming up. Was that good was that a good experience or no? Uh, New Orleans is better. New Orleans <laughs> is you know, first of all the weather's good, you're walking distance from everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to MetLife Stadium next year, and hopefully, I'll see it. I mean, you going to come out? You gonna? Are we gonna hang? When are we gonna hang out? Uh, is there, WrestleMania coming to Chicago? I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> the old Horizon? My God, eighteen thousand again! Great. <laughs> <laughs> now you go to MetLife Stadium. You know, it's it's not like you're gonna be able to walk to New York City. I mean, there's nothing but swampland around MetLife Stadium. So mm-hmm. unless you want to go to see, you know, go to TGI Fridays or a Hoolahan, you're kind of out of luck. So oh, I think New right. Orleans is probably the best city for a WrestleMania. Dave LaGreca, last question. I appreciate your time as always. It, who is left off of the of the um, Hall of Fame for the WWE? We start with the Midnight Express, right? Yes. Okay, and Jim Corn with Jim Cornette. Yes, with Midnight Express with Jim Cornette definitely needs to go in. I'm surprised that they haven't gotten in yet, especially since we've seen the Rock and Roll Express go in. Probably would have been perfect in New Orleans because they spent time in Mid South, but whatever. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Yep. There. It does that doesn't work in New York for them to be in New York, but that's whatever. If it's next year, that does, that's kind of weird, but okay. So it what else? Been is, perfect. This year would have been perfect. They really dropped the ball on that. Absolutely, because they don't have the history in New York that they have in Louisiana. Okay. Is is there heat between Ivan Koloff, the late Ivan Koloff, and the McMahon family? Because we've talked for years that Koloff should be in the Hall of Fame. You know what? I mean, you would think so because of the snub, but I remember at WrestleMania 29 that was in New Jersey, Ivan Koloff was at Fan Access. So when I saw him at Fan Access signing autographs, I was like, all right, you know, uh, this guy's going to get, must be, if not this year, he must be getting into Hall of Fame sometime soon, and it's never happened. I, I can't give you an answer on that. I don't know. I mean, that is a major, major snub. That is, that is like, monumental. I mean, he, he beat Bruno for the title, for crying out loud. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Who else is missing that deserves the, the opportunity? Because there's a, a lot of, of, 
I think there's a lot of wrestlers that have been skipped over the years. Like a Kamala deserves an opportunity, but I think he Kamala definitely there. deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, to to me, Bruiser Brody. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I would love to see Bruiser Brody go in, especially if Abdul the Butcher is in and Carlos Colon is in, Stan Hansen is in. Bruiser Brody needs to be in. And what about Bob Roop? <laughs> <laughs> he's an our he's an our Hall of Fame, Jonathan. Whatever the great Bob is, Roop. It's, you know, under the hood, he's in the under the hood Hall of Fame. I don't know about the WWE Hall of Fame, but he's in our Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay, well, I think that as an Olympian, Bob Roop deserves an opportunity. If Kurt Angle's there, come on, give Bob Roop an opportunity. He'd be a, probably a, a, it'd be a good speech from Bob Roop. I think we gotta get him in. Let's put the, put the movement <laughs> sure. in for the the former North American <laughs> champion, Bob Roop. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad you spent some time. I know that you're going to have fun in New Orleans, as you always do, for WrestleMania. And again, Busted Open, Series XM, Rush 93, Monday through Friday, and catch again over the weekend the coverage of WrestleMania. Nobody does it like Busted Open. Dave, as always, I appreciate your time in Chicago. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Jonathan. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Oh, always a pleasure, man. I love coming on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Always always a lot of fun, man. And you you guys are killing it. It's it is terrific radio, Dave. You're just doing the show. You don't you don't hear it. It's it's really good. It's really Thanks, Jonathan. That means show. a lot coming from you. I appreciate that. I'm just a Mark fan. I don't I don't know anything. I just know I enjoy it. I know what I like, and I like you. Oh, thanks, Jonathan, man. Thank you very much, man. All right, man. Have fun in New Orleans. All right, brother. I'll be t- I'll be thinking about you. All right, Bob Roop. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. All right, bye-bye. Our thanks to good old J.R. Jim Ross and also Dave LaGreca for being with us from SiriusXM Rush. Great WrestleMania preview with the two. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to download this on Apple Music and so many other places where you can find this podcast, Podcast Addict. That's where I get my podcast on SoundCloud. So many places where you can find this podcast. And please spread the word about the Under the Hood with John the Hood podcast. And I appreciate everybody listening to the show. If you're on Apple Music, leave five stars and a review, please. Five stars and a review of the show. We'd love to hear from you on that uh, because I need the support. I want to see whether or not we're doing well or not with our podcast. All right, hopefully we'll have a review of WrestleMania from New Orleans coming up in our next podcast. So thanks so much for listening. We're having a fun time with it. The executive producer of the Under the Hood podcast is Sean Davis. This is John of the Hood. Don't forget to find me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. Leave your comments there or on my Facebook wall, facebook.com. On Instagram, IGJHood. On Snapchat, SnapJHood. Follow me. Let's uh, be friends. Let's talk about this podcast and other platforms. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Under the Hood Podcast with Jonathan Hood. I got one more thing.